0: <clears throat> Good evening. It's wonderful to see everyone here. We want to thank you so much for being here with us tonight to study God's Word. Any chance and any opportunity that we have to open God's word and to study it, it is profitable unto us. It, it, has been, it, 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 will, it will benefit us. It will help us in our spiritual walk and our Christian walk. And it's a wonderful opportunity for us to come away from the world, to focus our minds and focus our hearts on worshiping God and singing praises unto him and studying his word. And we appreciate your, you, you being here uh, tonight. And we really appreciate you being here tonight. I mean, we mean it. Thank you for, t- for, for, for taking the time. Thank you for being here as we have the opportunity to study God's word and expound our knowledge on God's word and expound our understanding on it. And that's what God wants. God is pleased with, the, with his children studying his word. And my prayer and my hope tonight is that the study of his word will be edifying to all of us. It will be beneficial to us and, and we will better understand some things that are here in Romans chapter 13. I'm going to have all the verses up here on the board. board. We're also going to go to uh, a, a few more chapters because if you've read ahead, I'm kind of, I don't know if you would say the lucky one or not, but I drew the short straw, the short stick. This is the shortest chapter in, Romans, in the book of, of Romans, and there's been some long chapters in the book of, of Romans. So this is a small one. So it gives me an opportunity to look at some other chapters and some other books to really expound on what's being taught here in Romans chapter 13. So if you have your Bibles there, I, I, I encourage you to keep them handy. We're going to go to Ephesians chapter 5 some, or we're definitely going to go to 1 Peter chapter 2 as they teach a lot of similar things so we can better understand what is being taught here in Romans chapter 13. We're not going to re- recap a whole lot. We understand who we're talking about. We understand that we are who, who the audience is for Romans. We've all gone through that several times. But I want us to understand, as Brother Ian said last week when he was doing Romans chapter 12, that it's a little bit of, of a transition here. He's starting to talk about how we should behave, how we should act, and the things that we, that we should do because it is our reasonable service. So before we go we'll start talking about some of the things in Romans chapter 13, because there are some things that you may have already known, you've already looked ahead about the governing authorities, and paying your taxes, and all the things that we're going to talk about tonight, I want us to, st- to look through the lens of we are servants of God, and we do what we do because of Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 3 verses 23 through 24 says, And whatever you do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not to men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve Lord Christ that's who we serve so when we talk about governing authorities or we talk about powers to be or the kings and all these things that we should honor and those things that we should do we do these things because we are servants of God God wants us to do these things he explains it in his word and I want us to keep that focus that this is also our reasonable service that many times when I've studied Romans chapter 12 I've kind of encapsulated that Romans chapter 12 my reasonable services this list of things be kindly affectionate give give honor cry with those who are crying, be happy with those who are happy, and all those things that we have gifts and use those gifts for edifying and all those things that were taught in Romans chapter 12. But Romans chapter 13, as we get into it, it's just a continuation. It's the same thought. When we talk about how we should act and we should treat people and things like that, it's still that same focus. It is our reasonable service. Romans chapter 12, verse 1, if you recall that Brother Ian said, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable, to God, which is your reasonable service, so that was the first verse there in Romans chapter twelve. I want us to keep that thought going as we start talking talking about the things that we should do in romans chapter thirteen it, we are still He is still beseeching you he 's begging you therefore do these things and act this way and be this way as we talk about romans chapter thirteen. The other thing there is at the end, the last verse of romans chapter twelve that that, that brother Ian talked about it says. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And it talks about how we should treat people, that we should not, you know, treat evil with evil. We should be good. And as we go through Romans chapter 13, God is telling us things that are good that we should do. We should do these things. Why? Because they are good. And that's just a simple concept. My children understand good. If they don't do good, there's going to be consequences. So just do good. So as we get into our chapter, I want us to focus on that, that we are the people that do good. We are the people that try to be upstanding citizens. We are those that are servants of God. We are servants of Jesus Christ, and that's why we do what we do, and we behave the way that we behave, because of the things that God and his Son has done for us. Starting there in our chapter, Romans chapter 13, verse 1 through 2, the Bible says, Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities. For there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whosoever resisteth the authority resisteth the ordinance of God." And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. So here it says, let every soul be subject. Subject is kind of like let every soul obey. That's kind of what that word means. If you look it up, it says, let every soul obey the governing authorities. It says that there is no authority except from God and it's appointed by God. Now, I'll say from the onset, as I've studied this out, I've realized what a simple person I am. And we can do some in-depth study. If, if, if you want to, to later, I, 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 would, I, I would really enjoy that. But sometimes these concepts just come simple to me. And it's simple, and I think of it simple, and I do it simply. So if I preach that way, it's because I see these things. that The governing authorities are there because God has put them there. And these things, uh, we should not resist these things because God has put them there. And these things exist because God has put them there. And 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 we're not talking about you know focusing on just like the American government or or things of that nature It's any government that these things are there because God has appointed them to be there and 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 he explains that more he explains how. Those are for evildoers, and it's not a terror for, for, for those who do good, but to those who do evil. And it says, therefore, don't resist the authority, because if you do, you resist the ordinance of God. Do you know people that do that? I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna obey that law. And you say, why? You well, know, because I don't I don't really think that that's right. And it's like, well, are you sure? Did you think it through? Because these authorities that exist are because of God. And it says, if you do resist them, then you're going to bring judgment upon themselves. And to me, it's simple. And we could talk about all kinds of laws and things that they're trying to pass and write and all these things. But I think very simply you break the laws and speeding or something, there's a consequence. If you resist that law and you want to do that all the, all the time, there's going to be consequences. And God does not want you to do that. God wants you to obey the law. You know, Titus chapter 3, verses 1 through 2 says the same thing. It says, remind them to be subject. This is Paul writing to Titus, and he tells Titus to remind them. Remind them to be subject to rulers or to obey rulers and authorities, to uh, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, showing all humility to all men. You know, the lawbreakers, the ones that really want to break the law, they're not acting like this. They're not peaceable people. They're not gentle people. They're not showing all humility to all men because if they did, they wouldn't be breaking the law. He tells Titus there, remind them to obey the authorities. And it says, be ready for every good work. And like we talked about at the end of Romans chapter 12, it talks about that we should do good. Do good works. Well, this is a good work. Be subject to those rulers and those authorities because it's good. Be ready to do those good works. As some of those good works are obeying those authorities, obeying those rulers. It says speak evil of no one. Don't speak evil of those government authorities. I hear people do that all the time. All the time. Constantly speaking evil of those that are in charge. Now, are there corrupt people in government? Absolutely. But that's not the point. That's not what God is saying. That's not God's point. There's corrupt people anywhere. There's corrupt people in schools, there are people in my employment, I'm sure. But it's saying we do what we do because of Jesus Christ. So we obey those authorities. We try to be those upstanding citizens. You know, Romans chapter 13, verses 3 through 5, continuing talking about these, these, these authorities, these rulers, it says, for rulers are not a terror to good works but to evil. That's absolutely true. I don't ever fear the police coming into my house because I'm not doing anything wrong it says there do what is do you want to be unafraid of the authority do what is good and you will have praise of the same to me that's a simple but a profound statement he said if you don't want to be afraid of those rulers or those in power do good because if you're doing good they're not going to come get you that we are supposed to be those people that are not out being evil those that are not breaking the law And that way we have no fear of these governing authorities or or, or those people that the governing authorities have put into enforce these laws. We don't fear them, do we? Because we're doing good. Verse four says, for he is God's minister to you for good. But if you do evil, be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. For he is God's minister and avenger to execute wrath on him who practices evil. Therefore, you must be subject. Not only because of wrath, but also for conscience sake. So it says there that this is God's minister. Put there for, for, for good. Because if you do good that minister is good to you. Like th- think of a police officer. I enjoy seeing police officers. I wish they were all around. Because they're doing good. I'm doing good and they're doing good. But if you do evil be afraid. Because God has placed that there. To make sure that if you are doing evil. Or you are punishing. Or you are breaking the law. That there's a punishment there. That's what God wants, that when we're on this earth, we need to obey those, those governing authorities. And if you think about the worst case scenarios, those murderers and rapists and all those things, that's what the government is for. That's what that minister's for, not just those things, but that's just a very obvious thing to think about. If those people are going out doing that stuff, the government's going to find you. They're, they're going to come get you, and they're going to make sure that there's a punishment there. That's what God wants. That's why God has put these things there and it says therefore you must be subject because if we were lawbreakers we're going to be put in prison all this stuff and God doesn't want that it says not only because of wrath because we don't want that wrath upon us we don't want those guys coming to get us but also for your conscience sake that if you are doing good you have your conscience clear and and that's what God, God wants it's not not just because of wrath. That's certainly a valid statement. You don't want the governing authorities or those those people that are there to be the avengers, so to speak, to come and get you. It's saying there that you be subject. You obey. That way you have your conscience clear. Because I don't think that the—I'm going to use Nathan as, as an example— They're not actively going around searching for Nathan Bailey. They're not actively going around and searching for me because I'm trying to do good. I'm obeying those laws. And I have a clear conscience because of it. And that's what God wants. From his children, you know. In First Peter chapter two, it teaches these same concepts, but it expounds on it more, and it brings up another good point that I want us to talk about tonight. First Peter chapter two, verses nine through ten, the Bible says, "But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, His own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light." Hold on to that thought, because we're going to talk about darkness and light a lot more towards the end of this chapter. But it says, who were once not a people, but now are the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. So that's a, uh, that's a similar thought. As if, if you recall in Romans chapter 11, how we talked about what God has done, how God could take that wild olive branch and graft it into the olive branch, that, and that, how it's a wonderful, wonderful thing that God can do. And then God goes into Romans chapter 12 and says, therefore, God has done this thing. He's given you access to his mercy. He says, Therefore, be like this. Behave like this. This is your reasonable service. Here, it's saying the exact same things. Like, God has given you mercy. Y'all were once a people who have not obtained mercy, but now you have obtained the mercy of God. So, here's some things that you should do. One of them is in 1 Peter chapter 2, going down to verse 13, the Bible says, Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake whether to the king as supreme or to governors as to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. You see, that's a very similar teaching there. But he's saying there, therefore, you submit yourself to those ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, that we do what we do because we are servants of God and we are servants of his, his son, Jesus Christ. And it says that especially those kings and those governing authorities, that they're there to punish evildoers. You know, a lot of times when I think about government and all those laws, I feel very blessed because they are out there punishing evildoers. They are taking care of business. And it says, but to those who are doing good is praise. Continuing on there in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 15, the Bible says, for this is the will of God. That by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bond servants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. These are very simple concepts to me, very, very simple things. But in verse verse 15, it says, you submit yourselves to these governing authorities. You submit yourselves to the ordinance of men because this is the will of God. And it says, and by doing this, not only do we have our conscience clear like we just talked about and all those other things, it also says that it will put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Because if we are children of God and we are lawbreakers and we are bashing the government all the time, who are we going to bring into these doors? No, nobody. We don't want them to have an excuse to speak evil against us. We don't want them to have an excuse to speak foolishly against us. If we are upstanding citizens and we're living like we're supposed to and doing the things that we are supposed to, that's going to draw people to us. And it says there that if you are doing these things, it puts to silence the ignorance of foolish men. They've got nothing to say against you when it comes to these matters. And it says that we, as a bond service of God, as you recall my, my, my Sunday lesson, like a while back, that word bond service means slaves. Though, as slaves of God, because He is the master and we serve Him, therefore, you need to honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the King. These are just right things to, uh, to do, these are good things to, uh, to do. Back in Romans chapter 13, verse, verse 6 through 7, the Bible says, For because of this, you all also pay taxes. For they are God's ministers, attending to, continually to this very thing. Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are, are due, custom to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. And this is just what we talked about there in First Peter chapter two. It says there that you need to pay your taxes. That's something that is good to do. If we're going around uh, proclaiming to be servants of God and we don't ever pay our taxes, for one, it's not going to be good because the government's eventually going to catch up with you, I think, and you're going to get in some big trouble and have to pay all that money anyways. But it's also there because it's God's will. God wills you to do these things, to pay those taxes, because those ministers are continuously doing those things. And there's lots of good things from, from paying your taxes and all those things. And I'm not a political person or a government person, so sometimes I'm not the best person to talk about these things because I try to keep it simple. But it says, Render therefore all that they're due. If it's time to pay your taxes, pay your taxes. There's customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Do these things, you know in matthew chapter twenty two verses fifteen through twenty two where uh, we're not going to go there, but if you recall that account that's jesus there he's he's come into the temple, and as soon as he comes into the temple there <coughs> in chapter twenty one matthew chapter twenty one the, 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 they start confronting him. The Pharisees and the scribes, are. they they're start to confronting him, and, and they're trying to catch him in his words, and he starts talking to them in these parables. And then continue on in these parables. In, in Matthew chapter 22, verse 15, they're trying to catch him again and say, is it lawful to pay taxes? Because I'm sure a lot of people didn't want to pay Roman taxes. They didn't like, like the Romans. There's lots of, of those, those Jews there that didn't like that, didn't appreciate that. But Jesus made it very simple. It's like, render unto Caesar those things that are Caesar's, and unto God the things that are God's. He's saying, for one, they're just trying to trick him. They're hypocrites. He calls them hypocrites. You, you guys are just trying to catch me in some words there. But he says, it is what needs to be done. He says, if that's taxes, then you pay those taxes. Do those things for the ordinance of men, and then the things that, that 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 you need to do for the ordinance of God. So I'm going to keep that pr- pretty s- uh, simple. I'm 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 sure all of us pay our taxes, but that's something that is scripture and something that needs to happen. Romans chapter 13 verses 8 through 10. The Bible says, "Owe no one anything except to love one another." For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. You know, in many times when we talk about these things, sometimes they're difficult, sometimes they're not. But the one thing that continuously comes up in my studies, not just Roman studies, but in any studies, it's love. If you've got a problem, love can fix it. If you're, not, if, you're, if you're mad at the government and you're not doing what you're supposed to do, well, you probably, you know, you need to have that love. And it says there, oh, no one anything. It so says don't owe anybody anything. Does that mean that I can't go get a loan for a house or, or go get a loan for a car? That's not what that means. It's not what that's teaching. If you do, it says pay that debt. If you get that, you need to pay that because you don't need to owe anybody anything. But what's fantastic here, except, except you do owe somebody something. You owe everybody something, and that's love. It says there that many times when we, when we think about these concepts, when we think about doing good and being upstanding citizens or being Christians that are serving God, love is right there in the middle. Love is a key factor that we all need. And it says there, owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, <coughs> excuse me, for the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not covet. And if there is any other commandment are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. So he's still, he, he's kind of transitioning a little bit in this chapter. He's going to start talking about somebody, something else. Still talking about we're servants of God and that we should do this, which is our reasonable service. But here he, he's saying that the law is fulfilled in one thing, and it's love. And he's he's quoting the the old law there, but that's true to this to to this time to the New Testament that the fulfillment of those things is love. That if you have love one for another, you're not going to be envying one another. You're not going to be jealous of of somebody else. You're not going to have that strive because you have that love. Romans chapter thirteen, verse eleven through uh, verse eleven and twelve. As we Get to the end of this chapter. Keep that love thought in your minds. Because he's going to talk about behavior and how we should behave. But just think about love. Love will help fix those things. Romans chapter 13, verse 11, the Bible says, And do this, knowing, that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of, armor of light. If you recall what we read in 1 Peter chapter 2 where talking about how he has called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. That's what we want to talk about now is darkness and light. And what happens in the darkness and what happens in the light. I'm going to... Continue reading in Romans chapter 13, verse 13. The Bible says, Let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. <clears throat> so as he mentions these things, I want to go back for a minute for to verse 11 and 12. He says, Now listen, it's time to wake up. He's saying here that these things are going on or, or there's these things that are possibly going on, these sinful things. And he's saying it is not only time, it is now high time for you to awake out of sleep. Well, when do we sleep? When it's, when it's dark. When we're sleeping, we're not aware of what's going on around us. That's nighttime. That's darkness, isn't it? That's when we normally sleep. And he's saying here in your sense, he's saying wake up. It's time to be in the day. He said for your salvation is nearer than when we first believe. That the, the night is far spent, the, the day is at hand, therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. It says it's time to not do those things in darkness. Because if you think about sin or you think about some of these things that we just talked about, drunkenness and lewdness or wantonness, lust, strife and envy, all these things, when, is, when do people normally do some of the sinful activities that they do? Well, it's in dark. It's in dark. It's in secret. That that's when the, these things are happening. And that's what, 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 what this letter is trying to say is that you need to be in the day. You need to walk and be that servant of God doing all the things that we have been talking about these past couple of chapters as in the day. That you have no excuse. That you're not doing anything that should be secret. That there's no sin. That, after, uh, that you're living in a way That doesn't make it look like you're in darkness. Because in darkness is when sin happens. In darkness is when these things happen. And it says don't make provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. You know that word provision means forethought. And in my mind it means planning. It's like don't plan to sin. And most time if you plan to sin that's going to be in darkness in secret where nobody can see. And, the, and, and here it's saying, you guys need to stop doing that. You need to get out of darkness and be in the day. Because in the day, people can see you. Think about all those sinful things. A lot of people aren't doing this in the broad daylight because they don't want people to know. They don't want people to see. And he's saying, arise, come out of that darkness. And it's says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord Jesus Christ is light. It's day. And walk that way all the time. You know, if if you would, I would encourage you to turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. Ephesians chapter 5 really goes in depth more in this concept. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 1 through 14. This talking about making provision for the flesh to do some of these things. And if you look at some of these things that we're about to read, these are things that are, are in darkness. These are things that are in secret. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, as imitators of God, as dear children and Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offspring and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not even be named among you as it as is fitting for saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor coarse jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving but rather a giving of thanks. For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, or covetous covetous man who is in idolatry has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore be not partakers with them. Verse 8, for you were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth, finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things, which are done by them in secret. But all these things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whatever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will, will give you life. So, you, do, do you see that same concept there? How how, we, how right there in the end, he's saying, awake out of sleep. That's what he's saying in Romans chapter 13. It's time, it's high time to wake out of sleep, awake out of that darkness, and live in the light. It said there, let not even these things be named among you, because they are filthy. They are sinful. They are things that are done in darkness. It says there in verse <clears throat> 12 it said it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done in them by secret like we talked about many of the things that are done in secret are done in darkness and it says that expose those things well how do you expose something if it's dark you turn on the light if it 's in darkness and you turn the light, it is now exposed, and that light shows it these things, so walk around as that light is on all the time that 's what he 's telling us, and that 's what he's telling those those brethren that are in roman that you have, you have obtained mercy, you are now children of God and service of God, walk as you are exposed all the time and have nothing to do with that lewdness with that drunkenness, with that reverie which if you look at those long definitions there that's like drinking parties and things of that nature. Don't do these things. Don't have anything to do with them. Be in the day all the time. It is time for us to awake out of darkness and be in God's marvelous light. In closing, First Peter chapter 2, verse 11 says, Beloved, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims abstain from fleshly lusts which war against the soul that many times those fleshly lusts War against the soul, you know, Galatians chapter 5 talks about that too, that those things are contrary to one another. That that's just like darkness and light. Those are contrary to one another, not the same. That it says that that flesh, that lustly flesh wars against the soul. Verse 12 says, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. That's why we've been talking about this tonight, that our conduct needs to be honorable. Well, that's Romans chapter 13, Read Romans chapter 13. Read Romans chapter 12. That's conduct that is honorable. And that's what we want. We want to be honorable. And when they speak against you as evildoers, they may, by your good works which they observe, glorify God in the day of, of, of visitation. So this is similar as talk here, saying that, that, that don't let them give, give you an excuse to, to speak ill of you because they can't. Why? Because we are exposed. We are living as if we are in the, in the day. We are living in the day and not in darkness, and that way God is glorified. So anytime that we study this or we continue studying or we look at these things about governing authorities or how we should act or treat other people, it's because we are service of God. I want us to keep that lens as we continue out this book, that we are service of God and his son Jesus Christ, and we do what we do because of Jesus, that we live in that daytime because of Jesus, we don't stay in the darkness because of Jesus. We are servants of Jesus. And we should do these things that the Bible has outlined for us to do. If you're not a child of God tonight, and you wish to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To, to rise and to walk in newness of life. Perhaps you've been in that darkness. Well, God can bring you out. He can bring you out and bring you into his marvelous light. You can obtain that mercy. That access, that available mercy is there. If, it, if anyone wishes to be baptized in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we have water here. We are prepared to assist you with that. If you have some other things, some other issues going on, perhaps you have been doing some things in darkness. That It happens. That if you need the prayers of the church to help you get through those things and bring you back, back into the light that exposes those things, we are prepared to assist you with that. we would ask you please come sit on the front row and make your wishes known as we stand and we sing.